And that's what I just love is that you can transform the most ordinary things into something that's quite captivating. I like uh, long exposure, so I do like to do a lot of CC. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, the upcoming printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Frames Podcast. My name is Scott Olson, and today I am overjoyed to be talking with Sharon Williams. Sharon is a member of the Frames community. She lives in uh, one of God's gifts to photographers, Ireland, and is doing work that, when it goes by on my screen, is immediately arresting, immediately compelling, and someone that I've wanted to meet and talk to about her work for uh, some time now. Sharon, how are you today? I'm really good, Scott. How are you? I am wonderful. I, I have to ask, because I'm I'm just completely jealous, how is Ireland? What, what does Ireland look like today? Well, Ireland's been four seasons in one day, I suppose, as it is most days. Uh, very wet and windy, but lots of sunshine in between. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It, 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 I've had the good fortune to be there a couple of times and every single bit of it from, you know, the, the inner city to the, the countryside is from a photographer's point of view, I think, uh, really compelling. You are doing work that is not like the work a lot of people uh, on, on the, the community are doing and work that when it goes by, as I said, really does cause me to stop and look. And you're calling it fine art floral photography. That's not all you do. Um, you do landscape, you do portraits. I, I've, that this is all on your website. Uh, for those of you that are um, that enjoy looking at websites during these conversations, her website is swilliamsimages.com, s w i l l i a m s i m a g e s dot com. Tell me how you got started in photography. Do you remember your first camera? Do you remember when you first started thinking of yourself as a photographer? Um, yes, well, it was not that long ago. Um, my husband bought me a camera, a DSLR, a Nikon, um, for Christmas one year. That's probably around 2014. Um, and then a couple of months later, I was thrilled because I had an idea that I would like to take photographs. Um, and a few months later, uh, I work in the local hospice and we were looking at maybe doing a calendar for the first year as a fundraiser. And because I had a brand new camera, I was nominated as a photographer. So <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yep. um, so um, it was the best thing, really, because it really focused my attention on what I was doing. And I set about we the, the hospice in, in Derry here, uh, Boyle Hospice, is set in amazing grounds. Um, we It sits on the banks of the River Foyle and it has amazing gardens that have been landscaped and maintained by volunteers over 30 years. And, and so that's where I immediately drew my inspiration from the calendar and the calendar worked out really well. So I was inspired to sort of keep going. And did you have any training at all or was it just, you know, work yourself off of automatic as, as gradually as you could? Yeah, yeah. Well, my dad just said to, to stay away from automatic and go straight into manual. So that's what I've always done. I never use um, 
automatic. In fact, if I do, I get confused. I like absolute control over what I'm doing. But in the September of the following year, I did take a short course in the local college here, um, a study and guilds course, um, which really introduced me to, you know, how a camera works and, and introduced me to a new community of people as well, which um, was amazing. And then after that, I took another course and it was at that point I had started really experimenting with it and came across this sort of light pad photography. Um, but I have to say I was always fairly experimental because the rules were a bit too fast and maybe a bit too rigid for me. So um, I had always sort of, I first delved into like in intentional camera movement, ICM work. Yep. And I love that. I just love the movement you could get from that. And from there, I started working on Photoshop, bringing like the, the focused into the ICM work uh, and blending the two together. So very abstract, um, but seemed to go down well with, um, you know, some people that um, really appreciated it. So I kept going. Well, say so you have some very traditional landscape photography here, you know, some black and whites, some seascapes and stuff. So it, 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 you did not leave the, the traditional world of, of photography completely behind. What is it about the experimental or the abstract did you find especially appealing? I mean, you said the rules were a little rigid, but well, okay. You know, wh what were you finding on the other side? Um, it was, it's the way the light was captured they, I mean, there's an image there for light on my on my website, and I just love the way the leaves um, are illuminated and dance through the you know the trees that are are pulled down the screen. Uh, it's just and the winter forest one that that winter forest one on my website as well has to be about maybe eleven eleven layers. Um, oh wow! And I, they take a long time, but it's I think it's more the process I really enjoy. I could just lose myself in for hours. In fact, I do every day. It's a, it's a daily ritual. Absolutely. Well, well, t tell me the story of that particular image. You said it's 11 layers. At what point did you know what you were doing with that particular shot? It's probably what I la layered in the the layers and the, the, the leaves in the background. And they're beech trees and, and, and just the way they were popping. And then I, I, I thought, well, I need to anchor this image. So then I got the tree stumps and manipulated them. Um, and, and then I added the, as a finishing touch, I would have added the, the little snowdrops. Um, and mm -hmm. then it just, it either works or it doesn't. And there's little trees in the background, which are actually a far away shot, but they look like little branches in, in the shot there in the image. Um, but it, you just arrive, I just arrive at a point where I go, Oh no, that works. Don't know why that works. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is an old cliche uh, in the writing world among poets that, that they say a poem is never finished; it's merely abandoned. I wonder if sometimes if it isn't true for uh, photographers as well. When you sit down and you've got an idea somewhere poorly articulated in the back of your head, and it keeps getting a little more realized and a little more realized, and you know you play with it, you take stuff away. And then yeah. I don't even think we say good enough. I think we simply say, you know, good for now yeah. uh, and then, yeah. then walk away. Absolutely. Um, tell me about this, this fine art floral work that you're doing. How did that come about? What were some of your early 
early ideas there and, and how are people responding to it? Well, it was Harold Davis. Um, I think he's an American photographer. It was I stumbled upon his work and I was like, oh, I like that. I really love how fragile and translucent it is. Uh, and the color and the variation in it. Um, and my first attempt at mimicking it worked. I was like, oh, that's powerful. I really like that. Um, so, and this was as part of my course as well in the second course that I did. So it went mm-hmm. down really, really well. People were like, word, that's not a photo. I said, yeah, that's a photo. They're like, but it looks like a painting. And it reminds me of the old botanical watercolors. You know, that's, I just, I just love the way the, the light pierces through um, from behind. And I was very lucky um, that because uh, I was trying to use studio here in, my, in our home office and it wasn't a very good setup. And I mentioned to somebody who has a studio in town and he, he made me a light box from scraps of material. And I used it for years and I have only just upgraded it to a slimmer version. Um, but I I have to thank him because um, if he hadn't given me that light box, I probably would have stopped because it, it just opened up so many doors for me. It's amazing. Well, talk to me about the, I mean, I'm looking at your website now and you've got one of these pictures um, as the main you know welcoming image on your website. T- take me through the story of that image, if you would. Okay, so yeah, you're probably talking about Poppy Garden, um, which is one of my more recent ones. Okay. Uh, and this one's particularly nice because I actually grew the poppies. <laughs> Normally I would go around to my mum's garden and pinch her flowers or go to the hospice garden. But with COVID and lockdown this year, I actually grew them. Um, so it was dead chuffed with that. And I love the way the, 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 the stems of these flowers are a bit chaotic. Um, they don't stand very straight at all, and you, you cannot manipulate them. I do manipulate my flowers where I can, but you can't manipulate the, the, the stems of a, a poppy. Um, so I lay the poppies down first, and and then the little buds. And then I'm like, what kind of contrasting colour can I put in? And these other flowers um, were in my garden as well, so I use that. But I always like a little bit of a very fragile, very small, tiny flower. And that's where, and these little white flowers are just ones I, f- I find on the side of the road. In fact, quite often I just pick things at the side of the road and photograph them. It's beautiful. Do, do you know what kind of flowers those small white ones are? No, I don't. <laughs> um, this is one yeah. of the things I really want to start doing is starting to catalog the flowers that I'm using. So I don't mm-hmm. know what they're called. <laughs> Well, I'm with you there because I, I was proud of myself that I knew those were poppies. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me about the response to this image. It is very much like watercolor. It is very much like painting. And people are going to look at this and say, that's a photograph. Tell me what you're hoping to get with this kind of approach. I want the flowers to almost come off the page, this, to appear very three-dimensional. And I think that's what you achieve when you have the lighter texture in the background um, and it just it just lifts them it just it helps them pop the images are generally maybe five five exposures and I'm always shooting far to the right to bring out those highlights and then I'll go in and blend them yeah but generally it's three to five exposures depending on the flower or the desire and you know, the effect I'm looking for 
the puppies so are, are beautiful. Are you exposure bracketing then, or when you when you yes. say, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, I will almost, I will get to the point where I'm blowing out lots of the image, um, just to get the the sort of the the, the lightness in those outer petals there, and yeah, it's normally about five images, and I'll blend them all together. It's taking a lot how many effect, but. I, yeah. For, for an image like this, how many hours you know, at the computer would you imagine? Ooh, I'd say uh, that one probably about five, five hours. Um, wow. Perfectionist. Very much. So. <laughs> the devil's in the detail. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking at, at, the, at the rest of them you've got on, the, on the, your collection here on the website, and they are all really, really quite beautiful. And is there is there one of these that has a different story than the others? Is there one that was more difficult um, or just came together instantly? The poppies ones came to ver- came together very easily. The fairy garden is probably one of my earliest ones, and it's probably the one people they they say they like that one an awful lot. But it it was one of my early ones. These Welsh see the the little yellow and um, orange. And flowers in there called Welsh poppies and they're beautiful they're just like the other red poppies they're just so beautiful to to photograph and I tend to use them a lot a lot of the time I'd actually sit with the light box and compose but when I'm running out of options in the winter months I will go and recraft things so my library is very extensive. I never throw anything away um, or discard anything. So you will see some of my flowers pop up here and here and there, um, especially the ones I really like. It, it's really important to get movement, the sense of movement, um, the light and movement is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can appreciate that. And, and just for the record, none of the rest of us have ever gone back to old images uh, and old, old material and, and reworked them. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand that desire. Yeah. I appreciate that you brought up light and movement because that leads me into the question I was going to ask next. It seems like a contradiction that you would be doing this this delicate work uh, in a light box, and right next to it, you have these really striking black and white landscape uh, images. But it strikes me that light and movement is is something that binds both of them. Tell me about your landscape work. Tell me about your your outdoors work. It depends on what I find. I mean, I can, uh, you'll often find me on my knees peering at a tiny, tiny mushroom or the beads of water or raindrops on a cabbage leaf, which is what Diamond Droplets is. It's just a plain cabbage leaf in an allotment. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it okay. looks like something else. And that's what I just love is that you can transform the most ordinary things into something that's quite captivating. I like um, long exposures, so I do like to do a lot of seascape, which we're very fortunate to have quite a lot of it around here. I love long exposures. I don't get enough practice at them. And then we have quite a few nice mountainscapes around here, so we do take off on hikes. My husband's a photographer uh, as well, so um, we, we tend to just take off at the weekend. We bought a camper van to make things a little bit easier. But with COVID, <laughs> we haven't yeah. had a chance to use it. But that's the plan. We'll travel with it and be there for sunset and for sunrises. Do, do you do you 
compete or complement each other with your photography? Uh, because I, I, I've seen couples who really do match each other. And I've seen couples who say, no, that's not the way you do it. And, you know, <laughs> um, I think it's, it's about an energy. I like to take my time with things. And Sean, um, he joined photography a couple of years after me. So um, he was doing the busy, let's run around and click, 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 where I was going, I need to slow down, I need to slow down. So now we stop at a spot and we go our separate ways. <laughs> he is a different style, an absolutely different style and sees things completely differently. So, But I always, he's my first protocol when I want somebody to give me an honest criticism or analysis of, of what I've done. And and he does. <laughs> yep. You, you you strike me with the the floral work, and you mentioned the mushrooms a minute ago, and and you're traveling as a very intentional photographer that that you set up these shots quite uh, on purpose. W- would that be a fair way to think oh, yes. about it? Yeah, yeah. And I think I like the, the like the the control that I can get in the studio. Even the mushrooms, I've spent a long time taking bits in and out from around the ground to give me a certain look um, where possible without disturbing anything too much. Um, yeah, no, I do mm-hmm. like to be able to control things. <laughs> well, and, and, but, you know, it's funny you, with that great deal of control, you come up with stuff that's very light and very airy and very sort of free when, when you, when you look at the actual images. Yeah. What is it that when, when people are looking at, at again, go back to your floral stuff, what is it that you're that you're hoping people feel when when they look at the poppies or when they look at some of the rest? I I hope they feel a little bit more lighthearted um, and see something beautiful that stops them in their tracks. And um, I donated some um, my images to the hospice, and they sit in what we call the quiet room, and the quiet room is where the doctors will give people bad news. So it's it's to bring up. A sort of a sense of calmness when things are just you know running away with you and you know get people to slow down I think maybe just to slow down because photography has made me slow down and it's almost meditative you know it really to be more mindful I think is exactly what I'd like people to be and you think you think photography can ask people to slow down I think if you see a piece of art, you do slow down. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you slow down and to appreciate it, um, it can stop you in your tracks. It does for me anyway. And I think color and nature, and even if we can't get out in nature to see it um, when we're indoors, is very soothing um, and very relaxing. Those are certainly words that I would use uh, with your work, yes. Beautiful and relaxing. And I agree. I think, you know, art can cause all sorts of emotions, peace and re- and reflection and all that um, uh, among them. Tell, tell me the story um, or, or tell me any story from your uh, photographic history. Now, you, you told me, you know, that, that this, this is not something you've been doing since you were seven. Tell me about a day that was simply better or worse than other days when you've been working. Often, if I'm having a challenging time, whether it's at work, I manage a community project um, and we focus on death, dying and bereavement. So it can be challenging. Or if we had a, a recent family bereavement, I'm able to come in to my studio and close the door and lose three hours easily and 
I emerge again more myself, if you understand what I mean. It's just I manage to put all the noise and all the troubles to one side for that time and think about nothing but what I'm doing. And and I think if you can achieve that, <laughs> you've got you've hit gold, to be honest. Um, so it gives you a lot of peace, definitely. It gives me a lot of peace. I I can understand that very well, and, and especially in that studio time, um, being the perfectionist, being the one to order uh, the chaos of the plants or whatever, strikes me as, as a compelling rationale for uh, the work that you're doing. What's next? What, what what's coming down down the road for your work? Um, I'm not sure. I'm always experimenting. I do like to do this, the high key work, but I'm tending to lean more towards the textured work. And there's a lot more time and um, vision in, in those, I think. So I'm experimenting away with that. Um, I'm just curious to see where it goes. Um, I'm hoping to grow a lot more of my flowers <laughs> um, <laughs> and name them, <laughs> find out the names. Mm-hmm. And I'm forever working at um, perfecting my Photoshop skills. I just love Photoshop. I just I used to use other um, other programs that would do it for you. Um, I can't even remember the name of them now. But I abandoned that. And I just do all the all the sort of filters myself now because that's where the creativity lies. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, let's see where it goes. You mentioned COVID a while back. Has that really changed your work as as a photographer or is that pretty much not been an impact simply because you're working in the studio by yourself most of the time? Um, It hasn't. No, I think it just, I think I allow myself, you don't beat myself up when I spend hours on my own in a year. Um, I allow myself that time because, you know, it's important. No, it hasn't. Other than I've actually slowed down to actually grow the things that I'm photographing and to watch them grow from seed, that's very fulfilling. And then to actually photograph them and then to print them. That whole process from start to finish is very gratifying. Mm -hmm. And that is something I would like to definitely continue. Um, That's what my retirement years are going to be all about, start to finish. (laughs) Yeah, 30 or 40 years from now, right? Yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what, what, no, what, what an interesting idea, though, to, 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 look, to think about it as, you know, to, to grow the plants, but then harvest is, is not harvesting, you know, the wheat for bread. It's harvesting a photograph from the plants that you are um, growing. That, that's, a, that's a marvelous way to think about a garden. The... I, I am impressed with all of this work because the emotional response that I have when, when I see them arrive is always unexpected and always pleasant and, and yes, relaxing and peaceful. Uh, but, you know, if you look at a great many photographs, those ones that really strike you become precious. And, and that's that's been the response I've had uh, to your yeah. work. That's lovely to hear that, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at this work again, and, and I, I, I'd love to go for a walk with you in the Irish countryside some afternoon. Um, <laughs> and, and it'd be because it, it's, 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 you know, like I said, it, it's one of God's gifts to photographers to live over there. But what you've done with it, I think, is remarkable. So thank you very thank much, you. ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. No, have a good day. A good day to you as well. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. Frames. 
because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.